Hey there, birth nerd. You're listening to the Birth Worker Podcast. My name is Kylie Banks, and I am totally obsessed with birth and equally obsessed with business. And this is the show where I help women turn their passion for birth into a sustainable, profitable, and most importantly, impactful career. All right, let's get into it. Hey there, welcome back to the Birth Worker Podcast. I'm your host, Kylie. Today is episode 72, and it's Friday, so you know what that means. I'm answering a few of your best questions in 15 minutes or less today. We get these questions submitted directly from our podcast listeners. That's you. And so if you want me to answer your question here on the podcast, just go to the show notes and you'll see the link. You could also go to birthworker.com slash ask, submit your question. And hey, you don't know, we might answer it on next week's episode. We're always looking for more amazing questions and you guys definitely deliver on that. I am still under my blanket recording this in my office of my home. By the time you are listening to this, I am actually in London. So I head to London this week, um, essentially last week by the time you're listening to this. But as you're listening to this, I am in London attending one of my coaches' retreats. Super excited to fly out there with Barry and Leela, my daughter, and to spend five days in London learning all about business and not only learning to grow my business and serve more women inside my programs and my coaching offers, but to turn around and teach those exact skills to my students. So since you're a listener of this podcast, you are very well aware. I mean, you have to be because it's pretty damn obvious that not only am I obsessed with birth, which means obsessed with autonomy, obsessed with the entire birth process, physiological birth. I just absolutely love it, but I'm equally obsessed with business. So I could talk marketing, sales, strategy, authentic marketing, literally all day, every day. And to be honest, I set up my life so I'm able to do that all day, every day. So not only do I get to record this podcast and share all of my best birth ideas, birth tips, doula tips, but also all of my favorite marketing, sales, business, strategy, branding tips. These are the kind of conversations I have with my team literally every single day. My team is amazing. The team that I work with five days per week, but then also inside my programs. So these are the conversations I have with my students inside the birth worker membership and also inside birth worker Academy. So how fun that I get to go spend my time and my money learning all of these amazing new strategies and be able to turn around and come and teach those strategies to you guys inside my programs. So if you've not joined any of our communities yet, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I would love to see you inside. It's definitely one of the most fun places I have ever had the pleasure of hanging out. And I would love to see you there with me. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to coach you through your struggles, help you hit your goals and really just make the whole entrepreneurship thing a whole lot more fun because that's the goal. We want to make this fun. There's no reason to do it if it's not actually fun, right? (laughs) Who would want to be an entrepreneur to just wake up, hate their job, not make enough money and still not feel and still not be able to spend time with their kids? That does not sound fun to me. All right, let's jump into today's questions. We are going to be talking about three totally different topics today. We are going to be talking about what to include in your birth bag, maybe some things that you haven't actually thought about 
Maybe I'm going to send you to uh, Google to go buy a bunch of things. I apologize. Uh, We're going to be talking about what to do if your husband is not on board with you starting a business, which is something that comes up way more often than I wish it would. And then another question we're going to talk about today is doing giveaways. So let's start with the question about giveaways. So Haley asked, are giveaways a good method to grow my social media following as a doula? Would I be attracting the right kind of followers? First of all, I have to say that Haley's question here is fantastic because underneath this, she's realizing that the goal here is actually not to just to gain followers. The goal is to gain the right kind of followers. If I were to say, Haley, give me $500. I can get you 500,000 followers today. I hope your first question is, what kind of followers? Because if I if I give you uh, half a million 60-year-old men who love motorcycles and nothing else, that's literally not helpful at all to you, even though it's half a million people, right? So the question here is about giveaways and if giveaways are going to attract the right kind of followers. I will be honest, no, I don't think so. I do not think giveaways are a good method at all to grow your social media audience at all. Like I, that's not what I see giveaways for, which is kind of funny because I remember when I started my social media account, literally just three years ago, you guys, I saw all these big accounts doing giveaways and I thought it's, I I thought in some way, well, that must be why they have a big account. It's because they do the giveaways and it's really just not necessarily true. And so what I want to tell you is that giveaways are a fantastic method for something, and I'll get into that, but not for growing your social media. So giveaways are a really good way to celebrate and reward the followers that you already have, right? The followers that you already have. We want to celebrate them. We want to show them that we care about them. And another thing it's going to do, it's going to ramp up your organic interaction, like engagement, And so what I love doing is a good giveaway, like right before I'm launching a new program or releasing a new offer, just so I can get the people who already follow me a little bit more engaged. And then when I go to launch my offer, I have more eyeballs on the stuff that I'm doing. So love giveaways, not to grow the audience, but to reward the people who are already there. And I just have to say, don't forget that giveaways are absolutely a tax write-off. This is legally not tax advice, of course, so go talk to your CPA, talk to your tax person, but me and my business, when we do giveaways, um, we use it as a marketing tax write-off because it is absolutely a marketing, it goes into the, the bucket of marketing for sure. All right, question number two is, what should I include in my birth bag for attending births as a doula? So I feel like this is a really simple and easy question, so I'm just going to bust out a bunch of stuff that you've probably already thought about, but then I'm going to add a couple things that I've actually found really, really helpful. And so we'll start with like the basic stuff that I'm sure you already have. I would say a TENS unit, like a little one of those a little electricity electrode units, a TENS unit. I would say snacks for both you and mom. Um, and honestly, snacks for you should probably be a couple meals because- We all, if we haven't already, we're all going to attend a birth where you are there for more than 24 hours. And as amazing as it is to maybe be able to like run to McDonald's or stop by the store or something just really fast. And I say McDonald's because sometimes 
you have 30 minute, a 30 minute break at two in the morning and you literally don't have options, but I would rather you not have to be in a tight place like that. So I actually, when I go to births, I'm taking multiple meat, like multiple full meals when I go. You could also take a, a change of clothes for yourself, including toiletries. So again, if you're at a birth for a really long time, toothbrush, even like tampons or period underwear, because you don't know if you're going to start your period when you're at a birth. And that would put you in a really funky spot of like, you would want to either get out of there, ask someone for a pad. If you're at the person's house, of course, they probably have some some supplies for you, but definitely easier to just think ahead of time and be prepared. Another thing is water, a whole lot of water, like a gallon of water, <laughs> so much water. Uh, I also like to take a pen and paper and I don't always do this, but I love I love to be able to take notes about like what's going on at the birth and just leave it there at the person's house for them to like find and stumble upon essentially like the next day. And you could leave this in the hospital room too if you're attending a hospital birth. But I like to do things like what time they called me, what time I arrived to the house, what time their water broke, what time they left their house to go to the birth center or whatever. And it's just really cool to look back and see kind of how the birth progressed. And this is something that I do just because this is something that I loved for my own birth. And honestly, for my own birth, I had a lot of questions that nobody could answer. What time did this happen? When did that happen? Like I wanted to recreate the story, but I couldn't because no one did this. And so I like to do that for them. I'll also, if it's a home birth, I'll write like how much the baby weighed, what time the baby was born, um, and just leave that with them, especially if it's a, a free birth. Um, a lot of times these things are done so quickly and I'm not expecting mom to like remember how much her baby weighed, what time were they born, how long are they, like little things like that, that I find special. So I would rather almost like over document and then give them all that information than them not actually knowing, you know, wait, what time was my baby born? I feel like that's like a big deal for me. <laughs> um, a couple other things that you might want to take are a yoga ball or a peanut ball. And even if you're going to be at a, doul a doula at a hospital, you might think, well, hospitals have those things. Like I don't need to take them, but it's not always true. And even if a hospital maybe has peanut balls, sometimes you're not going to find someone to grab it when you want. Maybe you're actually going to want two. Maybe all the peanut balls are going to be like in use at that time. That's definitely happened to me as a doula. And so I just bring my own. I like to over-prepare. Something else that I bring that is like such a necessity, I use it literally at every single birth, is a, a kneeling pad, like a gardening kneeling pad. I just ordered it from Amazon. It's a super thick one that actually like folds up in buttons. So it doesn't take up so much space, but I use this for myself when I'm sitting in weird positions. I give this to the mom if she's doing hands and knees, maybe, maybe hands and knees on like the hospital floor, which is not fun on your knees, like really painful. I'll have her kneel on that. And then also just potentially for the dad, maybe the dad is getting in some weird positions and something would be helpful like that, that he could uh, sit on. Now, a couple things that you might not think about that I absolutely bring and have used are adult diapers. So sometimes the mom has has gone through all of hers. Sometimes for some reason she didn't end up grabbing some at the store. And so what can happen is mom's water can break, or even if mom's water doesn't break, birth can just have a lot of fluids. And I don't want 
mom to feel like she can't get up and walk around and do all this stuff because she's leaking, she's leaking water, she's bleeding, whatever that is. And throughout the birth process, I want mom to be able to change that her diaper whenever she wants. And so I want her to feel comfortable going through all of hers because I literally have a full backup. And something else that's similar is Chuck's pads. So like the little doggy pee pads. I have been at births before where we have just gone through dozens and dozens of these things. And to be honest, I've been at a birth where we ran out of Chuck's pads and it's not fun trying to go find towels. And then when the baby comes, you're literally out of towels and like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's a mess. Um, So that definitely helps. I keep both of those in a box in my car. Um, And that's something that's definitely worth mentioning is typically when I go to births, I'm not bringing like this huge box into their house. I typically leave it in my car, put some stuff into a bag, bring the bag inside. And then I know if I'm going to need something, I can just run to my car and get it. And even if I'm at the hospital, I, I, always give clients like room to breathe. So if I'm at a hospital for an eight hour birth, um, there are times that I'll go to my car, go get some water, go to the bathroom, give them some space and maybe go refill the bag that I'm actually bringing into the hospital. A couple other things that you'll find me always bringing are um, hair combs for pain coping methods, lacrosse balls or tennis balls to rub on their lower back if they're if they're into that, if that if they feel like that's going to help them, and also portable fans. I feel like most people get very hot during birth and uh, little portable fans are super helpful, um, especially in a hospital setting or if they're having a water birth and the water gets a little bit hot, you can hand them this fan or hold the fan for them so they can cool down while their body stays warm, but they can cool down like on their, their face and their neck. So I love that. I want to do a little like caveat though, because we're talking about birth bags that But I just want to remind you that birth inherently needs nothing, like quite literally nothing, like at all. So don't ever feel like you are using your birth bag as a crutch to like get you through. I want you to be so confident and your client to be so confident that your client's going into that birth saying, I actually don't need anything. And then the birth bag is just a little almost set of tools if necessary. But again, we don't want to use that as a crutch at all. We don't want to think that birth needs to be saved or we have to come up with all these things in order for someone to have a good birth experience because it's just not true. All right. And the last question for today is, what do you do if your husband is not on board with your doula business, replacing your corporate income? I love this question because we have so many people inside of our programs who are coming from a corporate background. I'd say we have equally like half and half. So half of the women in our programs coming from that corporate corporate income background where they're leaving that income to go create their own business. And I'd say the other half are stay-at-home moms that just want to start their own business. There are birth nerds like me, birth nerds like you, and they want to bring in some extra income. And hey, I'm not saying they don't have huge goals, right? Like I I started essentially as a stay-at-home mom. Yes, I worked in the hair community for a little bit, but when I really started my business, I was a stay-at-home mom. I was just looking to create an extra $2,000 per month. Like that was more than enough for me. Um, But then there are other people out there who need to make $10,000 per month to replace their income. Um, I actually have a really good friend, Amanda, who's a pharmacist. 
And it's, it's a really big, like, not a struggle in her life. I don't want to say it's a struggle, but it's a really big question for her of how do I actually make this transition? Because if I transition to birth work full time, I'm saying goodbye to not only a $10,000 per month salary, but also the health insurance and just the, the comfortability of knowing that this money is coming every single month, which is just not true when you start your own business. Uh, even my my months in my business now, they're they are not regular at all, right? We have some months where we we make four times the amount of the other months. We have several months in a row where we lose thousands and thousands of dollars, and then a couple more months where we make thousands and thousands of dollars. So it's definitely a little bit of a roller coaster. So I can see why a husband or a partner might not be completely on board with the whole doulapreneur thing. And so Obviously, this is a question that you need to have with your partner. I can give you a couple ideas, but it's really going to depend on why he's not super on board with you starting this business. Because again, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and he would rather you just chill and take care of the kids and and not have like side projects. And I'm not going to comment on whether or not I, I think that's a healthy relationship uh, because that might make some people unhappy. But there are some things that we could do. So one of the things that I would suggest is to come at it really logically. And so figure out like what are the things that are red flags for him that are making him say, you know, I'm not really on board with with what you're doing. And present information logically, right? So maybe one of the reasons that he doesn't really want you to quit your job to start a business is he's not sure that people are actually out there making money doing this. Birth work is such a small niche that if you're not actually in birth work, if you're not a birth nerd, you like don't even know that this world exists. And there are hundreds of thousands of people that give birth every year that still don't know what a doula is, right? Which blows my mind because literally my whole life revolves around birth and doula work. But the majority of the world has no clue what this is. So it's very fair to say that they also don't really know like what the financial, I guess, possibility is. And so I, w- I would definitely sit down with my partner and show them the possibility that it, the possibility of making income as a birth worker. And so that could be as simple as showing them, hey, if I attend just two births per month all year long, I'm going to be making $3,000 per month right? Just that in itself might give them the confidence to say, oh, wow, really just two clients per month and that's how much you'd be making? Awesome. Let's do it. You know, I'm on board to help in any way I can. You could also chat with your partner essentially about your your plan. So what you're actually planning on doing. So are you planning to attend births in person? Are you going to have to be on call? Are you going to have to have a babysitter? Maybe you'll have to hire someone else to come and help with the family family stuff. So that's what I did. We hired someone to come do our laundry, wash our dishes, do the things that were piling up that we didn't have the capacity for. And that really, really helped. But once I brought that to my to my partner, it almost took a weight off of him because when I started this business, I had less capacity and time to take care of the house, which put it all on him. And and I'm really glad that we decided to do something about that because that wasn't fun for him either, right? Something else that comes up is maybe a partner says, well, I don't want you being on call all the time. I don't want you like leaving in the middle of the night. And again, I'm not really going to comment on like if that's a healthy relationship. 
I don't know. I'm, I am all for like doing what I want to do, like almost like without approval from my partner. And that's the relationship I actually have with Barry is that we both very much do whatever the hell it is that we want to do. And uh, we know that unconditional love means that we are not on this planet to try and change other people. So I'm okay. I won't go down that rabbit I promise. But what you could do is you could um, show that you are going to supplement that in-person income with by creating some more passive resources too. And so one of the things that someone might think of is that, well, I don't want you to be on call like literally every single week of the year, but if you're not on call, you're not going to be making money. So like there's a problem here. Well, you could easily just say, well, that's actually not true. Yes, I'm going to be on call during XYZ months and I, I can make up to this amount of money, but I'm also going to launch a birth course that I can sell online. And so we can still travel. We can still move around. We can still go on vacation and have date nights and stay home with the kids and all of that. And I'll have that more passive type of income coming in from that course that I launch. So that's something else. And then the last thing that I'll say is that sometimes it is hard to see the vision if it's not your vision, right? And it's just, it's just, there's, there's no way around that. Sometimes it's hard, not always, but sometimes it's hard for other people to see the vision when they don't have the passion for birth. They're not excited to change women's lives. They don't want to be on call. So like, it's hard for them to see where you're going with this. And so I just want you as an entrepreneur, as a doula to start taking comfort in the idea that when things start rocking and rolling, people are going to start to understand And I say this from experience. So when I started, nobody understood. Like people were thinking, oh yeah, Kylie's just has another passion. Like she always does spending all the money on all the courses. Yep, this is normal for Kylie. And that's what they all thought. But I didn't let it stop me because I believed in not only my ability to follow this passion all the way through and build a a sustainable career. But I just knew that birth work was my calling. I knew that I needed to help people have a birth experience like I did, which really had nothing to do with birth and everything to do with my mindset going into my pregnancy and birth. And I knew that I had the the capability of helping people do what I did. And I wasn't going to let a couple people not believing in me stop me from, from doing that. But of course, once the results started coming, once I got my first, second, third, fourth, 15th, 25th client, once I sold my first, second, 50th, 100th course, once I made my first thousand, five thousand, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars, everybody started believing in me, right? And it wasn't that everyone started because I believed in me at first, right? So I always believed in me and it's just everybody else started to catch on. But that's not your responsibility, right? It's not your responsibility to help other people believe in you. And I want you to know that above everything else. It's not your responsibility to convince your partner to believe in you. Just like if you were my dual client, I would say it's not your responsibility to convince your husband that you're going to have a home birth, right? It's, it's his responsibility to accept the fact. It's your responsibility to make decisions for yourself. But you're not on this earth to convince anyone to believe you, agree with you. That's not what you're here for. So same thing with business. You, as long as you trust in yourself, believe in yourself. And as long as you see the vision, 
it is going to work out and everyone else is going to come along one day or another when you start finding success, when you start finding those clients, changing those lives, getting those text messages like, oh my gosh, Kylie, you changed my life in one way or another. And as soon as those dollars start stacking up in your bank account, they're going to come around. They're going to jump on board so fast. Believe me. All right, everyone, thank you so much for being here today. I hope these answers to these questions were helpful and gave you some tangible tips that you can take away and think about as you plan the next steps in your doula business.
Now I have some super huge projects around the corner. I can't drop all the details yet, but I wanted to let you know that in just a few weeks, we are going to be launching a live program, a live program, not a pre-recorded online course, but a live coaching program that's going to help you actually implement everything you need to implement to start growing your business. And so I'm super excited about that. It's going to be one of the most affordable programs we've ever done with some amazing bonuses and the results that you're going to get are are unbelievable, like quite literally unbelievable. So it'll be a small group program. It'll be live. We'll be starting, it's on the calendar starting August 1st. So don't forget to follow on Instagram. So you hear all about it. You can find the link to my Instagram in the show notes, or just go to birth worker podcast on Instagram. And hey, thank you so much for being here. My favorite thing about these three and 15 episodes is that I get to answer real life questions your questions from our community, from our podcast listeners. And so I love it. So keep those questions coming. I need your questions. Head to Instagram, give a follow, but then also go to the show notes and click on the button to submit your question for next Friday's episode. All right. I will see you right back here on Wednesday. Have a wonderful weekend, my friends.